You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Do you want to know my mindset during this COVID? Like literally, legitimately, because I saw in the first couple of weeks, I was just like, I was like, I was like smoking a little too much pot, drinking a little too much. And I could see myself going down this. Like I was, I had nothing to do. I just wrapped Eco Challenge. I was like surfing. And I was like, I'm not going down like this. And I just don't want to go down. I don't know how long this is going to last. It was fun for like a week. And that's when I was like, you know what? I'm not drinking. Like I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want anything. And I, and I, I had to talk about a mantra. I was like, I am going to create a little castle while everyone else is sleeping. And so like, I'm going to create like, a, and so like I built three shows in the middle of COVID and I'm convinced because like half the players, 90% of the players are just sitting around waiting for the whole thing to be done. You know, I, I'm proud of what I built up during COVID. And it's funny, like my little sister who makes movies and like we, she says it now too. It's like, let's build the kingdom while everyone else is sleeping. You know, it's, it's a great time to be out there hustling because there's a lot of people that are just like, oh, well, nothing's happening. Yes, yeah, so there's plenty of stuff happening. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of 2020. Um, we have a great episode coming up, part two with Alex Boylan. If you haven't gone back and listened to part one, definitely check it out. And on top of that, don't forget to subscribe to stay tuned for all of our upcoming episodes. Go back and listen to the ones we've already released. But with all that said, I'm Siobhan Cronin here with my cohorts once again, starting first this time with Corey Peza. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> and of course, Benny Goodman. Hello, Siobhan. Who's not happy when he's introduced second. But don't worry, because he finds plenty of times to insert himself in this upcoming conversation. Time <laughs> is a very valuable commodity. So for all of our good sound bites we almost had, you can thank Benny. <laughs> and, and his verbose uh, interjections. Were... But what Alex was saying, and where we got him through my verbose interjections, is the very meaning of how to be successful. It's a way to get yourself overcoming adversities like being interrupted. With the vibrations on. It's about being the atom smashing around in the direction that you want to go because you chose that direction. Because that's the vibration that you're feeling and you're riding that wave straight to Valhalla. Yeah, well, he was really inspirational to listen to. I mean, for anyone that feels uneasy in their current path or they're unsure about what they're doing, I mean... Everything that he said was just so inspiring to me as somebody that really drove his own path. He's throughout like the, the Ginkgo Biloba of CBS. <laughs> anyway, without giving too much away, here we have part two with Alex Boylan. Hey, welcome back to another episode of 2020. My name is Corey Peza. I'm here with my cohorts, Siobhan Cronin. Hello. And Benny Goodman. Bienvenidos. <laughs> Very appropriate. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is our second, our, our part two with Alex Boylan. If you have not watched part one, you have to go back and check it out because we covered so much ground that I feel like we fit two episodes into one. But, I know, I'm but, almost wondering what's left. <laughs> but, but Alex, <laughs> A lot. Th- Alex, thank you Wait, for coming no back. One, st- you haven't done the operant conditioning yet. We're trying, you need to write on your screen five times. That you need to say subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Why would I do that subscribe. when you just did and then it five Michael, times? And then Michael Keaton shows up and like he's <laughs> like, ah, oh, make my millennium. By the way, I'm Benny Goodman. <laughs> and we're off the you rails. just 2020'd yeah. us all, yeah. <laughs> but Alex, thank you for coming back even after all that. Of course. <laughs> Obviously, we got a huge, huge backstory going in the first episode um, and, and, and beyond. <laughs> we kind of dove into a lot of philosophy and stuff. But I guess... 
I want to I want to start this one off because uh, this is a question that I feel like a lot of people ask. What does a producer do? Uh, you know, it all depends what type of producer, right? So it's like you almost got to get into like what producer are you? I mean, uh, I would always say like that sounded very elitist. <laughs> well, it's Let like it you talk. know. Yeah, I mean, because there's so many, it's like, and, and even like the same title could have many different meanings. So there's an executive producer who's like literally running the show, an executive producer that's just like putting money together, right? Or some, mm-hmm. you know, so it's always, but I think when you say like the producer, that's the person pulling, that's the one hurting the cats, right? Like you're, there's all these like pieces to the puzzle, right? It, whether it's, you know, from casting to, you know, pre-production, scouting things, you know, looking, overseeing the post-production, whatever piece of the process that you're going through, that person's kind of like overseeing the operation. And if anything, it's like, they're the ones, and it all depends, you know, what part of production. But for me, it's like, I'm also, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm dealing with whether it's the network, the advertiser, you know what I mean? You're the one who's answering, like, you're that kind of liaison between like the team, the, you know, your team, you're like the captain of the team, right? You know, you're, right. you're there and you're, you're answering, you know, to the coach, you know, you're answering to the network. I you're can't relate, to- but sure. <laughs> is the producer I've never been the captain of any team? I was going to ask, is the producer often the same person that conceptualized the show or had the idea for it? And, you know, also when it comes to reality television, is there a writer also? Because, you know, movies or other types of TV may have a writer and a producer. I know nothing about the TV and film industry. Okay, so. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I mean, I think it's the, the, the reality is, is like every show is different. Right. Sure. And so that's another, it's like, what, what size of size or scale of what are we talking about? I mean, I'm just going to go into like the types of shows that I love, like whether you're watching Epic Villas or Around the World for Free and those like down to those types, like, um, you know, yeah, you're, you're kind of just overseeing everything. You're like making those last calls and it's all kind of riding on you. Right. So, and in that case, for me, I would say probably like close to 80% of the work I've done, I created. Right now there are, mm-hmm. I'm also, you know, I, w- I was a supervising producer on world's toughest race this past summer and I'm, I can be a hired gun. Right. And sometimes I used to run the field team for the Steve Harvey show. Like I'm a, I don't know what my title was there, but you know, I'm a, I'm one person in this massive cog of 350 people making 270 episodes a year. Right. So it all <laughs> depends like where you kind of like line in there, but you know, for my bread and butter, I'm doing, I do, I, and when I say I do everything, like, and I, it's because I enjoy it. Like, I'm, I'm like, it's Epic Villas. If there's like, we're struggling to do something, like, I'm sitting down and writing scripts. Like, we don't, mm-hmm. I don't have a writer on staff ready to go, right? It's like, sure. I'm out. And so you're just kind of, you're, just, I, I would say, if anything, you're just like, you're moving the ball forward, right? You're trying to just keep everyone all on the same page here, right? And we got a mission to do. We got to go in here and get all this done. And there's, you know, and you're just kind of like trying to guide that process from start to finish. Mm-hmm. So you like you like the challenge of kind of getting all the pieces together. Well, you know, I think I I, I don't really know if I like the challenge. I think you know it's interesting. I always feel like you're, you're the moments that I'm in the field filming. Like to me, that's my favorite part. Like that for, for sure, right? Above all the pieces that go into making a television show, there's you know there's putting money together, there's selling, there's all these things that have to happen, right, in order for something to be made. And then and there's a huge part. The post production project is way longer than the actual filming. But for me, I love being in the field. Like I love like like. And when I say directing, it's not so much directing. It's kind of like putting the okay. This person's going here, and then let's watch reality play out. Or this is what we're going in to tell this story, and let's ask these questions. So that is what I thrive in. And I and, so you're and like it, a voyeur. 
your vocabulary is like higher than mine. I don't even know what a voyeur is. <laughs> no, you're like the guy that sits in the room and you're like, you do that. No, you no, do no, that. dude. That's what I'm saying. You film, Benny, you film Benny, the whole I, thing I, and you're like, I'm just going to fucking. No, I'm saying it's amazing because you're controlling no, dude, what I'm, you can no, control. It. I'm in it though. Yeah, but I'm, I'm in I'm in the trenches, bro. I, I, that's a big thing that I, I want people to know to this day. Like the types of shows I do, I'm in the trenches. My, my Give hands, us an example. Okay, I have. All right. Because you said you were in the villa in Mexico. I don't feel bad for you. <laughs> okay, you might not feel bad for me, but like, imagine what, what makes that. Do you want to know what makes that show awesome, Benny? It, five villas that are beautiful and great, yeah, like eight K cameras. No, but do you want you want to know what makes that that show awesome? That I'm Carl's really proud of. And I'll tell you about how I have to roll my sh- my uh, my my uh, my sleeves up for. Each one of those people in the villas, they've never been on camera before in their lives, right? Never even seen a camera. Like, a, and I have to, and they're the one, they're the sales and marketing and the general manager, whatever. There's a, you know, the, the person's been like, they're going to be the person like walking us through it. Taking someone, you watch that show, how awesome do those people look on camera? They look like they've been on television for years. That's the art we bring to the table. And getting mm-hmm. that person in the field, that doesn't just be like, hey, walk me around that corner and let's talk about the pool. Doesn't roll like that. Like you are guiding someone. So that, when it comes to that village, what do I love about that show? I can totally see you doing that. Be like with the guy in Mexico, like, bro, you got to watch like, your angles or this. You got a good jawline. Now, listen, I see you going to have like this pizzazz, like lead me to the room, but like lead me like the wolf, like Harvey Keitel, yeah. Pulp Fiction. You see that American <laughs> film it is and, and you know what it is it's like and, and I got this new college show that's coming out that's that's kind of like a not the same form but similar but I I love directing people that never been on camera and that's kind of like my thing right now with the shows I'm doing is taking regular people who know their world whatever world that is right villas colleges whatever it is and then having them tell the story kind of like they're a host and they've been on television their whole life and so to me that's the challenge I'm on right now because there's you don't walk in and be like yep this is how it's done you know what i mean like benny we're gonna do this this and this got it go for it so you You're do like the challenge the- yeah so yeah exactly i'm like- oh, sorry <laughs> so the, like you shine like everyone each one of you if you guys if we we're gonna go do something and you guys were gonna like walk us through your band and, but you're gonna be like kind of hosty with it mm-hmm. you all would have di- there'd be a different way to get each one of you to kind of like come out and do so wait mm-hmm. it's sure. kind of like noir a la carte kind of thing <laughs> what's that well, like, no, what, you know, have you ever seen <laughs> Noir? Like when you, when you have like somebody talk from oh. their point of POV, uh, but, but like, but a la carte. So it's different every day. So like totally. you basically take someone's perspective yeah. and you go into their head and you walk a mile in their shoes and yeah. then you leave them because they don't have any shoes and they're a mile away. So I think, I think exactly. one thing I took away from that is that there's a bit of a parallel um, between uh, directing and producing in that aspect of what you're doing and the musical direction as a producer in a studio you're taking people that maybe can play their instrument but may not be able to to do it or perform in a way that's that's going to be uh very digestible for the the mass audience is going to hear it in the end and you have to take all these different people with all these different levels of experience and everything and shape them into a uh, a digestible format that's going to go out on the record um obviously that's a one sense Way less people care about that it's one well like, it's, I mean, it's just it's just i think from great the, analogy the stand the standpoint of of what your job is i guess that's a parallel that i can digest is no is, I, is, I think is, it's the perfect parallel 100 yeah. percent makes 100 percent sense absolutely i mean yeah as a producer of music you have to have the vision for the final product and you have to understand the assets that each player brings to the table and a lot of times you're yeah you're dealing with artists or actors or even just normal people that you know they don't see themselves the way someone else sees them you know what i was gonna say an easy way to look at this a word that we say all the time like in in the field like lisa and i or whatever bert and i it's like do you see the movie in your head 
because it's it's like there's mm -hmm. like I see the movie the way I see it. And you got to make sure even your other producers, right? Like your other people that you're, you know, he's like, Hey, you guys see, we're talking about the same movie, right? Especially that first pilot. That was first. I love doing first. Cause it's like, mm -hmm. it's the first one. Right. And then, then you got to get everyone on that team. Like you're all seeing my movie until it all plays all, all the way out. That's probably the way it is. It's like, it's the movie in your head that you got to create and you got to get everyone seeing that. How do you deal with a situation where you working with someone that sees a different movie in their head? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it's fine. I'm sure the bigger the productions, the more that becomes a probably an issue, right? Sure. In in mine and and the people, you know, at this stage of the game, everyone I'm working with is like I've worked with them for years, right? Okay, yeah, so yeah. Wh wherever it is, on whatever capacity, chances are, I'm not saying don't work with someone new, but you know, you're 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 uh, most. I have my go-to teams, and you know, Burton and Lisa, and like I got my people that I make shows with that we come up by, whether it's my idea or Lisa's or Burton's or whomever's it is. You know, right. it's 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 you know that might be the cheerleader, but you also got to be humble and be like, it's not, it's not like, Oh my gosh, this is it guys. That'd be stupid. Right. <laughs> like, I, like, like I, I'm, I'm down to like, I don't even want to say down to, but like anyone, you know, we do it all the time in production. Like we'll stop a production and be like, Hey, this is where we're at. Anyone here have ideas, <laughs> anyone seeing something that we're not. And, and yeah. we got, we had a, we had a great one. We're shooting this college show. And like, it was, you know, it was one of the videographers was like, one of the shooters was like, Hey, have you guys thought about doing this? And it was like, genius you know what i mean so mm -hmm. you know we're i'm i'm a huge collaborator there's mm -hmm. no like oh you do that you know it's like we're, we're a team out here yeah that's amazing it seems like the, the ideal dynamic for fostering creativity you know because you you have other people that kind of take that uh dictator role um when it's their baby and it's their project especially with with a lot of money and stuff and i think that that's when you end up with the uh I don't know. I describe you know almost like a mutiny of the the crew. Yeah, and yeah, and I think I think what happens in different scenarios, right? Like, let's say you get into a level where it's like a big production and it gets union. I think that's where like they, they become like from a medium to it needs to be so big because mm -hmm. you need to have that org chart and you need to have that structure, or there's no way you can move these that amount of, of an army through it yeah. without having clear and delineated. Where when you're you know you could you know you could do what I'm doing and you could be you know, you can be an ass and no one's ever want to work with you. Right. Or, mm -hmm. and you're not, and you're going to, I think it's a stupid thing because you're like living and dying on a sword that you don't know until the outcome of the show anyway. Right. Yeah. And none of us know what the heck we're doing. We're all trying to make stuff, but at the end of the day, it's all about the audience. Right. So the really it's like you make something, you put it out there and you hope they like it and you try to take their input and fix it. Like that's what we're all, I mean, we, we constantly, we, we talk more like a business now, at least I'm talking more of a business now than I've ever spoken before. It used to always be like, Oh, here's the creative. And this is why it's awesome. Now it's, it's more of like, I don't know what's right or wrong. Let's go make this and let's go listen to what people say. Oh yeah. You don't mm -hmm. like, that's our demo. You don't like that. Okay, cool. We'll change it. <laughs> right. Like, well, like now let's you get make feedback stuff. more than ever. Yeah. I yeah. mean, with social media and like immediate reactions to things, yeah. I'm sure that the timeline is much faster. You know, you hear right away what people think. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make something that people want. Right. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we did talk to our friend, Julianne Rosenberg, who's yeah. a very, very big um, AD for like a lot of big films. And to give you like reference, she worked on Ghostbusters. She worked on, um, you know, Philadelphia. A lot of Philadelphia. She really kind of clarified for us is that it seems like unless you have your people that you're working with, especially on productions that big, that it's almost like a constant mutiny. And it's like everybody has a different view of like what the movie should be. So between the producer, the director, the executive producer, like that's why movies go south and like directors like stop doing things or things change so much. It's because it's so hard to get your idea that you have in your head 
out there because you're not able to control that many factors. I think that's one of the things when I was listening to you when you said you like smaller crews, it's because you can control what you can control. When you have a crew where you're dealing with unions and you can't talk to that person because like that person has to talk to that person <laughs> and they need to take a break. And like it's so hard to get done what you need to get done. And it sounds to me like you just like to take the bull by its horns and just say, let's fucking shoot this fucker. Totally. I couldn't say it any better, right? <laughs> it's like, let's get out there and get the job done. Let's go have some fun. I don't well, want, that's why. I don't just want so the type of people. I don't want the type of people that's going to be like, oh, wait a second. Uh, I worked six days in a row here. Tomorrow's got to be my day off. And oh, wow, I had six and a half hours. I'm overtime yeah. now until you give me a break. Like that ain't ever going to fly in the world I work. <laughs> but let me give you an example why Drew is the best AD that there is. Because she just walked behind Harvey Keitel and to Penn Station. They didn't have any permits. They had nothing. They said, and, he, and you know, Harvey Keitel just tells people what to do. So she follows them. They made it all made it to the, to the film, which, you know, is a terrible idea. Um, and then uh, Christopher Walken was such a fucking alcoholic that in the end of the movie, when he's walking down the street, walking is walking. Um, you know, uh, he's not walking. Actually, Drew's holding him through the crowd because he was too fucking wasted to actually walk. Um, and that's what an AD does, apparently. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was a thing and that everybody in the movie industry... I don't know if that's in the job the description, other exactly. I think no, you just have to wear many hats. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. that's what yeah. it comes Carrying down to. Carrying walking. Walking can't walk. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of, one of the things I definitely took away from that, that interview was the... Um, the importance of having everyone be on the same page uh, and, and, and in those smaller productions, I'm, I'm sure it's certainly much easier to maintain that, that unified vision. So you don't have anyone that's just there for a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. hundred percent. And, and some of the stuff it's like, it, it all depends, but like some of the shows, it's like, you gotta like, we just did this one called the, the local traveler in Thailand. That was kind of like a spin on around the world. Cause one off in, in Thailand with this girl, Libby Vinsek. And you gotta like, if you're not ready to like sleep on some floors and be in some tuck ducks that like to, if you don't think that's awesome and be like rolling through the streets of like Mayhan Sung, you know what I mean? At like three o'clock in the morning, like, you shouldn't be here. Like it's just, like when people know. say they want to be a touring musician and they don't yeah. realize like most of it's actually. Wait, where's my hotel? <laughs> yeah, oh, or, yeah. Or you love it, right? Or you of love course, it. You know, yeah. it's funny. It's like um, one of my partners on a lot of this stuff, Lisa Hennessy, and she's one of the most prolific. You guys should have her on. Like, you know, she helped like launch Survivor and all these big, like, you know, she was the fourth employee at Mark Burnett Productions. And well, maybe and you should introduce us. I will. Just so you know, like, and, and, and we're also She'd be great. just so, just she's so you got, know, like classic stories. Yeah. I'll, oh, yeah. I'll pull awesome. up my leg a little bit for you, but just, just to give you some background uh siobhan no so so cory and i like we're, we're just like mopping up the floor and like yeah. kind of you know this is all facade but siobhan actually plays in a band called star set that according to forbes i, I didn't read it i had to hear someone read it because i can't read i'm a guitarist but they had two billion streams and then i watched the show called the queen's gambit i didn't know about it but like apparently Netflix oh that's like a huge a show yeah well she played all the violin on that show and I didn't know that either. Wow, and then she was in did? the Bahamas yeah. because she's such a crazy virtual trans Trans Siberian you. Orchestra and Michael Bublé we, and her fire. So that's the only credit. But that's our proof of concept. She's <laughs> kind awesome. of like our Alex and to 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 the to our Burton. No, but again, a lot of luck. I mean, I'm the type of person that will jump at anything because I'm fascinated by a lot of stuff, even like just doing cues for film scores. I'm like super interested in scoring now and orchestration. Like everything is just some sort of creative, like that's what I'm saying interest for me. You know, you can introduce us to all those people because we'd love to do that. Alex. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Back to the Lisa. Yeah. Now, any, anyone you want to be connected to that I know, happy to, man. You guys should have them on. But well, you, you should back to music. Back, back to, back to, um, 
Yeah, back to like Eco Challenge, right? They brought Eco Challenge back this past summer, right? That was Mark Burnett's first show pre. So that's like the prequel to Survivor, right? Is he we, is he like a Sith Lord, by the way? Is he like what's he like in person, like Mark Burnett? I see him on a million different shows, and I wonder, does he sit there like feel the anger? Alex? <laughs> I don't know on that. I mean, I've met him a couple of times, but I don't like. I don't. Is there like smoke ask, coming from behind can, his desk? probably i mean whatever that dude touches turns to gold so i mean but that's another one you read his book i mean that was a lot of that guy risked it all multiple times over like two houses in debt like you know i mean that guy was you know you know anyway but long story short eco challenge lisa runs she comes from big broadcast network shows right she runs like she likes like oh my god like so eco challenges last summer is the largest adventure show in the history of the world 750 crew 300 oh casts over a thousand people we had to like we overtook the country of fiji <laughs> but prior to this, right? Yeah, it's unbelievable. If you ever watch the show, country. What? I didn't know that there was a country that they named after water. Which one? Uh, Fiji. <laughs> Fiji. Yeah. I I, finally, I got it. Sorry. <laughs> no, I thought no, it was just we're, an we're sorry. somewhere. We're sorry. All right. So anyway, so she's sitting here kicking this thing off. The show's coming back after a 17-year hiatus. Amazon Prime, Bear Grylls, the host. Like it's Amazon Prime, Bear Grylls, Mark Burnett. This doesn't get any bigger. And I'll never forget, she's sitting in front of me. It's this massive auditorium or like kind of like room that she's kind of, kind of give this like kickoff speech to everyone. And this is one of these like, you're in micro teams, you know what I mean? Because it's just the type of show it's at. But like the first thing she said is like, no complaining. If you are not loving, like this is the hardest, this is a hard show. You are like given some, you're like, I'm getting dropped off in the middle of, you know, the jungle and being like, hey, Alex, we'll be back here in 48 hours. Like, you're figuring your stuff out while you go capture this story. It's not like, hey, check it in. I'll, I'll, I need my hotel and where's my food? And so, as a matter of fact, she's like, if you are not going to, if you're not excited and like thrilled about this, like leave right now. Because there's no complaining here, right? Like, we, it is an honor to be in this country. It is an honor for us to have this job. I think like, you know, especially in the travel adventure space, I think the type of people who end up there truly are passionate about it. So. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with all that, but I'll get Lisa on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you went no, no, you went to Fiji. That's where you went. No, right? yeah, that's what I was saying. I was just giving. I was just going back to like the whole idea of like love what you do and don't yeah. complain. You know, enjoy and say. I, I always say like I'm a yes guy. Schroeder and I talk about this all the time. Like we both say it's like we both are yes to a fault almost because if someone asks me to do something, I'm like yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, And like how many times yeah. people like Alex, stop Alex, saying gotta, yes? <laughs> it all comes full circle because I was saying that that Jeff Schroeder grew up. Uh, about uh, I want to say like five blocks down from where I grew up in Chicago. Uh, as far as oh, like every summer I oh, spent really? there. Oh, really? That's cool. And then and then I went to St. John's High School when you, in Shrewsbury, where you went to St. John the uh, <laughs> the the island. And then inside my little syllabus before it, there was a there's a saying from Confucius that says, "Find a job that you love." And you'll never work a day in your life. Right. It sounds to me like that all came full circle for me to see it vicariously through you so I could feel bad about myself. Oh, because man. I'm a narcissist and it's always from my POV. <laughs> you're, you're enjoying the ride, bro. I am. Oh, my gosh. I am. I'm having a great time. I don't know where I am or what day it is, but this is great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Have well, people me, subscribed yet? Well, speaking of that, though, for anyone that might have just been tuning into this episode for the first time, in our first episode, we talked a lot of the, about the chronology you know, of your life, going to school, quitting your corporate job, getting into reality TV, getting kind of your first big production break with Around the World for Free. So maybe you can pick us up. Winning the Amazing Race season Yeah, winning two, the Amazing Race. 300 but, grand to start it off. Totally obsessed with the producers so we became enamored with the smell of watching other people perspire uh, on the dollar of 
CBS and then used his white man can't jump tactic to basically get himself international distribution of his first freaking show with the guy from Survivor who, by the way, Burton Roberts, if you Google him, the first thing that comes up is hotsurvivorhunks.com. I know because I had no idea who he was before I met him. So I look him up and like to see this giant jack, like Adonis looking dude. And then you go and meet Burton him. Like, is, such Burton a is very handsome. Burton is He's uh, so gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like it's like it's almost like Tall unfair. drink of purified water. Yeah, totally. Burton, Burton, many people are like, Burton, it's almost not fair. He's like the Marlboro Man. You know what I mean? <laughs> but where we, Except we, without smoking. But then, so what I wanted to say is where we ended the last episode was kind of a major turning point, at least in my perspective of your life, you know, turning into getting your big, you know, first production deal, having a concept picked up, getting international uh, distribution. So maybe you can walk us through kind of gotcha. how that changed the, the path for you from that point forward. Yeah, perfect. So around the world for free works, right? We sold it, all stuff. And like I remember in that story, Rachel Ray show came to us and said, we want to do the exact same show kind of concept, but do it in America. And this is what the format's going to be. So obviously, so we get to go do that. People are paying us now to go do this stuff. Um, and then Travel Channel at that point in time created this thing called Mapping the Globe. And they want to have these like three minute videos on every like destination on the planet. And so what happened for Burton and I, because we took that risk, right? And because we kind of pioneered a different way of doing production and because people liked it, <laughs> there was nowhere else to go, right? Like there was no one. And, and we were like, and we're, yeah, we're young. And this is what's important about doing stuff young because like you learn how to do things cheap and you don't need money and all, you just figure things out. There was no way, just the way we learned how to make television or make content, right? Was unique and it was different. And you couldn't easily replicate that because if you went to a production company and said, Hey, can you do around for free? Oh yeah, cool. We just need like a sound guy. We need like a, you know, writer. We need like these three guys. And then the show doesn't work. Right. And so you're like oceans 11 where you have to have like the same cast of crazy motherfuckers. And you have like the one dude that can, can open all the locks. The other guy that knows like all like how well, to like encrypt shit. And then the other person that's an <laughs> explosive expert. Are you all those well, things? Are you like I, the Paul McCartney of this shit? Am I personally? No, but I have the team that is. We were the team, dude. Like, it's funny that you bring it up because like between me, Burton was like super smart. Kellogg MBA, he had, he kind of had the, or like Burton and I did well together for a couple of reasons to go off topic here of like how, A, we were, making, at the bar, we, were making, up ladies. we were making content that no one else was making. And and so we were now getting like travel channel and Rachel ratio. And then we did the CBS buzz tour two summers in a row. Like people mm-hmm. were calling us. So we, be, we we didn't set off to create. We, you Do you know, know we I remember a, taking a picture with me in front of an 18 wheeler that said CBS buzz tour at, at, at Gillette stadium. Of course, like, bro. This is, this is, hold on. I just need to insert myself in your chronology because I remember <laughs> you and Burton coming and you guys were all having the a blast. And I'm like, why are we standing in front of a giant truck? You're like, this is just one of the things we're doing, bro. And I'm like, <laughs> this guy is living, like he's literally driving his truck into Gillette Stadium and just laying down his scent and yeah, leaving. Well, well, you know, it, well, but once again, going back to it, it's like uh, in each one of these shows, Rage to the Rescue, I had to go travel around the country. People were running into Rachel Ray show and was like, hey, listen, like here's a cool hidden gem or here's whatever, right? Then all of a sudden the CBS buzz tour was like, here, we need, we're going to go to 60 cities, 60 days. We need someone to like host this and go live to all the news, create some content on the side. So it's like this roaming production, right? Mm -hmm. And so each one of these things kind of like built upon itself. And I think a lot of bigger players were seeing the value of it. Like for the Rachel Ray show, not only were we doing this kind of like interactive web series for her site, 
and she's checking in live. What happened was now they're like, oh, we have a production that's in the field that's cheap. So now they're like, hey, guys, um, they used to do this thing called snack of the day. Can you guys do that in the field? And so they just started piling more work onto mm-hmm. us. And we were like, we're yes people. We're like, yeah, yeah. sure. You're and like so they- Corey. So we had this like roaming. So we, we kind of, we pioneered this space and we loved it so much. There was nowhere else to go. We were like the players in town. Hold so on, we can ne- I just stop you for one second? Cause that was a lot of information. And for the, on behalf of people whose brains can only like ingest <laughs> so much so fast. Yeah. Like that's why there were seven numbers. Cause that's how many numbers the human brain. It's eight, six, seven, five, three, oh nine. And I get Jenny every fucking time. But like what I was going to say with you, dude, is, is that like what, what you're telling me is, that you've been like manifesting like what you have in your life and, and and you're putting it into reality. But like what a lot of people think is reality TV, as far as like all these written things you're, you've gone around the world. You, you have this amazing team of people that like you've leveraged all of their strengths so that you basically can create, like you are manifesting what you want. Like you're in Mexico doing the best villas because you like traveling you have like the skills but like you've also become a ninja that's gone around the world that understands the cultures that knows how to get the best out of people and it seems to me like that basically like your um your humility and your personality and your how affable you are is a hundred percent like the thing that has gotten you everywhere with what you've done and the fact that you say yes to literally everything well, not well, just that. I'm going to dovetail on that, not to, to stop you, but also just doing what you want to do and creating it regardless of who's going to take it right now. And that's a big thing that I think a lot of creative people struggle with, you know, is like, well, there isn't a buyer right now for this or people aren't ready for this concept yet. But you go ahead and you do it and you make it and then people start piling on later once the and, trend and, catches on. And to on. dovetail on your dovetail, <laughs> but did you create a whole new thing? Because to me, I walk now everything's streaming through the Internet. I use the Roku. You know, I, I fuck cable. Like I have a Roku. You know, you have the YouTube's TV or like Netflix or your hijacking shit <laughs> from people. YouTube's. But I'm just saying. But now, what you were doing years ago, and I don't want to tell. I mean, you've told me us your age, but you're timeless. You're like a vampire, like Jeff. But like years ago, when you looked exactly the same, maybe a little bit smaller because you weren't as jacked. Like you were, you were doing what now is what everyone's doing, which is doing online television, webisodes. Um, that's now a standard practice for everyone in the industry. Am I, am I missing something or is that? No, I mean, I, I think we were, we were definitely were ahead of the curve. There's no doubt about it. So like you're a trailblazer. I mean, I, I don't know about that, but yeah, I mean, we definitely pioneered that space. There's no question about it. Paul you know? Revere, and, and, and the I internet's say, coming. The and internet's I, and coming. I, I actually tell, you know, when I speak at schools and colleges and, and advise like the next generation of this, I mean, I think what an awesome time to be in this business. I tell them all the time, like, listen, there is no, if you truly are passionate, there's nothing stopping you now. Like there was a lot of things 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago that were stopping people. I don't care where you live, if you're creative and you want to tell a story, right? Between your laptop and your phone, and you just need your phone now for crying out loud, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, and you got to keep evolving, Benny. Like, you know, like I'm always evolving, always, you know, trying to change it up. But there was that, just to go back to like, there was this 10-year decade, basically, that Burton and I just, were, we were blessed to be at the right place at the right time doing the right type of content, that, and, and, you know, and, and having like big players like Travel Channel, CBS, like coming at us with stuff that for them was probably like peanuts. You know, it was like, you know, but we were probably like, oh my God, so much money. And so it was, uh, it was a fun, you know, that was a, 
you know, and we ran, I mean, the production company was called around the productions. We never set off to do that. We set off to make around the world for free. And that parlayed into 20 series, you know what I mean? From that, you know, and, and yeah, we're, we're very blessed to do a lot of different content. Wow. So th- what came directly after around the world for free? Like, what would you say was the next major project? Rage to the that? rescue. For okay. Sure. Rage to the Rage to the rescue came. So Rage to the rescue hit. And that, you know, like I said, it's a very, very similar show kind of ish. And then, um, and then see, and then the, the big juggernaut here is because at this point in time, yes, we sold it to WGN America, which was great. We got this international distribution deal, but we didn't have a deal for around the world. Like we were on like, and, um, and then CBS, this guy named Ken, Ken Lagana called us. Right. And he was like, and he was, you know, running, I don't know, sales or Mark. I can't remember what he what he's running, but anyways, he calls up and he's like, we want to buy this franchise from you. So then we like, you know, then we had a deal with CBS and, you know, Burton and I were tied on as executive producers. And at that point, they, the goal was to make, yeah, I think they, CBS.com went in a different direction, but originally they were like, we want to be originals and we want this to be like the survivor of the internet. Right. And, mm-hmm. and then, um, yeah. And then, you know, it, there was another really cool series after this that we did that I'm super proud of that didn't do as well. But when we would do around the world for free and every time we would do like a charity, like an orphanage or somewhere that could like people could help, like it just light up the internet and everyone want to like, how do I get involved? And how do I help this out? And so Burton and I were like, we got to just create a series that just does that. So we created the show called missions in action and it was so cool we just couldn't get the the financial piece of it to work but we partnered with like world vision child fund compassion international like massive billion dollar like charities and i would go into the field and go like so what happens when you buy a goat for a family for world what happens when you sponsor a kid and like went in and told the stories Mm -hmm. on like the ground level in like some crazy places and so that was i I wish we really thought that thing was going to take off it was just the the money piece of it it was tough you know tough to uh, but that was super fun that was probably that was very 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 short i mean we went off to do two more seasons and each season became like 100 days ish pretty much once a year so we did one with jeff schroeder um and then the third season with poverty shallow and um yeah just try i mean we were just doing we did a decade worth of just traveling just traveling the globe a decade i love i love how you say that like i've been to like three states you're like (laughs) a decade you you did more traveling in a hundred days than many maybe i would say 90 plus percent of the people that are listening which is probably my mom and like six other people um uh have will ever do will ever do yeah, and, yeah i mean uh, i, I if you ask around the world for free incredible um subscribe yeah around the world for free that is a show that anyone who touched it from being in the field i touched it is is will be typically changed for life and by the way i, I didn't tell you like, this but that, i told I'm jeff you, there's this, something that's the last time i took a shot of tequila was on around the world for free uh with jeff Schroeder. that was not an important fact no no but, but i feel like because he that's been the catalyst for burton and and and, and, and alex yeah we, we have been a professional sponsored by tequila. i don't drink that yeah. I, I i hate tequila it, it hates me and we have a very very just no but that was the last time i took the shot i walked in the bathroom i contemplated my existence and said never again <laughs> anyways um I kind of want to bring it back to you. You mentioned before uh, that you're a yes man. You know, you're you're not afraid to take on more work, um, and and that's I'm assuming has led you down many positive paths and some of the decisions you've made. Uh, for people, you know, especially our listeners and viewers, uh, I think that's a philosophy that can help people out no matter what their career is. 
obviously, but there, I think there's a threshold as well. We have to manage your work-life balance. How, how did you, you said at one point to your detriment, you were, you were saying yes to things, uh, from time to time, but how do you manage mentally, especially when you have a network saying, Hey, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Where's the threshold of like, well, if I keep doing this, my work's going to suffer here. Or do you just say, I guess I got to figure it out. It's a great question. And I think that like throughout time, it kind of evolves. So you're early. I'm glad I was saying yes to everything. Like I, I'm glad I was just like a, whatever one need to get done, did it. Uh, and I'll always, I'll honestly, no matter how hard I try, I'll always be a piece of just who I am. Yeah. But I would say where I'm at now with a few different series going and trying to kind of like, just get to that next level. Um, it is definitely, I'm finding myself like needing to be like, no, nah, I can't take that call like and it's just not me like you know i want to take every call i want to be on everything and be part of everything and and you know and and i have some really good guidance lisa is like unbelievable at it because she's run such big shows and she's like you just can't you can't do everything you know what i mean what what would you say to to someone listening that is just maybe they're younger they're hungrier they're they're trying to make like make their way right now like would you have any advice for someone regardless of industry uh, yeah, I mean, I think in general, like, I mean, it's so cliche, but obviously just follow your passion, right? I mean, like, just go, right? Like, like, think about this. I mean, I, and I, I, I always think about time. Like, that's where the easiest way to probably get motivated in life. We are here for a finite, I, I say a lot of times, like, how many good summers do I have left? I'm 43 years old, right? Mm-hmm. 30? At least six. Yeah, hopefully, right? <laughs> it could all be over tomorrow, right? Now that going to keep buying the Patron. Yeah, he's like, getting richer. He's getting when richer, you think about dude. It, he can afford like, it. Yeah, it's like, but how many good summers do I, how many, how many summers, how many like experiences, like that's why I'm home with my parents. Like how many times am I going to play golf with my dad again? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 10 times? Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to say it like that, but like when you start analyzing time, right? For yourself, I don't care if you're 20, 40, 60, you just realize it's finite, right? And, and that's the oh, that's the best gift we have, right? And so make that time count. And so, and and it's easier said than done. And I'm, I'm, I'm tough at this too, but like, uh, or on myself about it, but like try to enjoy the journey. Like, and that, and I'd say I'm finally, it took me 40 years, <laughs> 40 years to get to the point where it's like, okay, I know enough now where it's like, this piece is going to take, I used to always think like, I'm going to get that show. I'm going to sell in three months. And it's like, no way. It's going to take a long time. And so like a little bit playing the long game, but that's kind of where I'm at. Right. It wasn't like that forever. I mean, it was just always like hustling and running mm-hmm. like a little ever any bunny. And now it's, I'm really trying to like, you know, take care of my body as I get older and do yoga and meditate every day and just appreciate things and spend more time, like be off my phone. And go to a coffee with my friends and like catch up. And and I think of like I just I just pay attention to time. And I think that's like that will probably bring you to the best place in life. And I'm I'm a huge meditator. I'm a, you know I and, and I and I think of like get in the flow. Like just listening to you, the universe. What's your mantra? To, I, I probably need one, man. I don't know. You don't need but a like, mantra to meditate. I mean, yeah, you can but, meditate. Oh, oh my! Oh, when I mantra, no, I don't do anything. I I do quiet. I just, because to me, it's all about my brain moves really fast. Right. And, and for better or worse, right. It's always moving. It's always clicking on. And so it has trained me to just slow down. And, and a lot of stuff comes to me when I meditate and I don't meditate for long periods of time. I do 11 minutes every morning mm-hmm. and what like, you know, like just mindful I, so meditation. Be, you mean like mindful meditation? Yeah. yeah I mean, listen, I have a couple different things I do, but in general, 
I just, cause someone told me at 1.11 minutes, cause you always can find 11 minutes. And if you just start your day like that, I mean, I say it to like our sales teams all the time when they're like, what should I be focusing more on? I'm like, honestly, did you meditate today? Like there's more answers. Like our, I truly believe if you walk outside and, and I'll, I'll tell a quick little story in a second, but like the universe is telling you where to go. You got to trust your gut. Like, you know, there's more like we're learning more about the brain and more about our body. There's more like those fibers that are in your brain and the gut. So we're like that whole, like my gut instinct, right? That's because it's actually a brain, right? There's like the, the same stuff that's in your brain. So that's where that comes from. So how do you tap? So I'm all about trying to tap into that in, in, as I get older, right? And I'm seeing the power of it. It's funny, like when I was, and we won't go down the path of running this company called Dream Jobbing for a little bit with Lisa Burton, but things on the outside for everyone else looked brilliant, looked like everything's great, but we knew on the inside it was failing financially, it was not going well. And it was Lisa who's like, she's super mindful. And she's like, listen, like we're doing the wrong thing. Like we're producers and we're trying to run this. We're trying to do the right thing over here. And, and she literally was like, Alex, we have to step back into storytelling. I'll never forget. She's in the middle of Jordan. I'm working on the Steve Harvey show. I took that job. Thank God I got it. But like, I needed money. Like I was taking that job out of like, I needed, it was not a necessity. And I remember calling, she's like, we got to get back into our flow. And she's like, we got to get back into storytelling. And literally I took a step over. And like, I, I have, and what's happened in the last like two years is like, I caught up like 10 you know? And so we haven't gone down though, but there was, there's been like, there's plenty of gullies in the story. Right. And, um, you know, we're talking about all the highs, but I think that that's the advice is like, try to like get in tune with your body. Cause you're gonna, that will guide you where you're supposed to go. And what I know that might, sign- that oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. no, I'm just saying, I think it sounds fruitful on the inside, but I truly believe it. Like I yeah. truly believe that like our, our answers are all out there. It's just tapping into it. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, what, how, how do you realize when you're, you know, what are maybe some physical or mental signs that you could point out that, that, that tell you that you're in the wrong thing or on the wrong path? Because I think maybe there are a lot of people, I'm sure I even know people that live with this, where they're just for their whole lives consistently doing something that's something must be telling them that it's not right for them. You know, oh, but I, I no think, one knows what's the answer. I think most people are like that. I hate to mm-hmm. say it, but I don't say most. I think majority of people yeah. are probably not on the right path. And is not it, truly majority would, and most synonymous? Could be, could be. But I'm just saying, I don't want to say like everyone. I'm just saying, I think there's more course, people yeah. than not that just for circumstances, whatever, and they probably mask it in different ways, oh. right? And and um, so I think to me, the way I judge it, is everything working? Like, is mm-hmm. it, am I getting yeses? Right. It sounds so stupid, but like when things are working, it's like, you know, the difference was energy is like flowing. Yeah. And it's all of a sudden like, and, and I know it, like if there's like a, the difference, and I don't want to get too frou-frou on this and it's called like <laughs> what I really think about stuff, but, but like, no, if, dude, if, I love that. I think no, I I'm just of, saying it's, it's, it's like, if it's like when I'm not, I, I spent a hundred days last year, not drinking at all. Right. And what I was able to accomplish with the clarity of like yoga every day, meditation, getting super clean and like taking where that was like brought my brain. And I truly believe it was like bringing your vibrations, which was just attracting all the right pieces of the puzzle and everything just started flowing in the right direction. And I think as soon as things get off now, I'm just trying to stay in tune. So when I'm off, because I think when you are moving your body every day and you're doing like, you know, different things. Um, so for me, one of the pieces of it is like what I'm doing now. Like I am on the move. I in the middle of COVID. I'm flying all over the place, traveling, shooting shows. And that is where I thrive. And when I think of we, most of this conversation has stood in this kind of like this, you know, 28 to 38 era, which was a highlight of my career. And then there was a kind of like this law where things weren't working and I'm kind of back up again. And I think a lot of it's like, I'm just trying to like, 
like, I'm trying to get back. I'm trying to stay in that flow. And I'm, 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 and where it was happening when I was younger, I wasn't cognizant of it. Now I'm super cognizant and I don't want to let it go. Right. Cause I yeah. know how easy things can get disarray and like, you know, you're, you're, you know, what you think is right. Yeah. So I'm just trying, I don't know. I don't know if I'm articulating myself the best. Catching that ethereal my brain wave and just riding it through the galaxy. And, and you know, it sounds so, but like, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, no, no. I, I'm not yeah. even making fun of you because I, I full heartedly agree, dude. I, I think that a lot of the things that you see on, on the show. So like we just had Shannon Larkin on. Okay. Like he has like a trippy room talks about like how he actually like, Trips on mushrooms. The and drummer like of Godsmack. Yeah, go, drummer yeah, Godsmack. Yeah. Sold, yeah. you know, 50 million records or something absolutely bananas. And he's one of the best drummers on the freaking planet. Like, if you haven't seen him play, he is a drum solo that you should just, go, like, YouTube. It's bananas. But he's very introspective, and he's very, very vibe-oriented. And so is our, our buddy David Abrazis, who's the drummer of Pearl Jam. And we've seen this I with a lot of... I think most people we talk to, that's a common thread. Especially yeah, drummers. Yeah. Very, <laughs> you know, but, but I think what you're I saying... I think energy is important, right? Like, you know when you, like, meet someone like Benny. Like, the first time I met, like, you're a great guy. You have a you have a pure soul, right? You do. Like, you're like, I don't know. And I get like, there's you're not Thanks, like, man. I don't know if you've ever wanted to do anything bad. Like, I mean, you just seem like you have a good heart. And I remember that, and that's why we connected that doesn't happen it's like every single person i meet it's like oh i'm best friends with them and you so actually said something that made me feel really good a, a long time ago because i had been called out to do some reality shows and they flew me out to california a few times and i called you for some advice and you're like you know benny like every day someone stops me and goes like don't you think it'd be good if i was on like a reality show and i'm like no but like with you, like I could totally see that. And I, I'm like, oh, it's true. Right, I'm, glad I'm, yeah. I'm glad I'm interesting to you, man. You are like, interesting, I feel like you're, though, the, most, you you're the most interesting person I've ever met. And like every time I've talked to you or Burton, you guys are like, yeah, I'm in Cambodia or I'm in the Jordanian <laughs> desert. Like we just were at the top of Masada um, in Israel. And like we went here at like five in the morning. Now it's 110. But, you know, the donkey's like no big deal. And I'm like, dude. Yeah. And what the fuck? And you're telling me I have a better like vernacular, which is like my vocabulary, but like a frou frou way of <laughs> thank saying you, it, thank as you you'd like to refer <laughs> to Thanks, it. Um, you dick. You know, like uh, but like yet you have been to everywhere. You've been you took over the water, Fiji, like you literally have gone to St. Bart's, St. John's, like you literally you got off the boat and you literally are like this bar outside, it's literally you take things at face value. It says that it's the best place for happy hour in the Caribbean. And you want to know what? You're like, I'm Tom Cruise. And you walk in and you manifest the Tom Cruise with that those pearly whites. And you're like, all I need is a tan to make these even whiter. And I'll sell some fucking alcohol for you motherfuckers. <laughs> and next thing you know, your bank account is overflowing by comparison to your job working for the man. Like we've been here like, This reminds me of the end of the last episode <laughs> where you gave away the entire story. No, I'm just saying that I'm trying to follow his train of thought because he's such a successful well, I'm guy. Just saying like I, I mean success is a is a is a is a relative term right and so but i would say i judge success differently than i did i mean it used to be literally like, I, I, probably because i was didn't have money growing up but like money was a big motivating factor i was like I always want to be rich and because i've had highs and lows in that era as well like i gotta tell you at my age now i don't know what it is definitely in the last few years things have changed where i'm like it's a hundred percent about the ride like, I really don't like, of course, so like, what kind of car are you driving? <laughs> that oh, doesn't man. matter. But it like, what I'm saying point. is, but like, it doesn't, but you know what I'm saying? It, it is about like, I am more 
I care more about this journey now than I did back when I went to St. John. And I, if anything, I'm trying to be that kid again. Like I'm trying to make decisions like that person did. And I'm trying to like get back into that flow because that is where I'm happiest. And so it's, it sounds super cliche, but I think there was some things I was chasing and just got me off track. And it's, it feels really good to be back. Like, I mean, as you're probably seeing with Epic Villas, there's college show that's just coming out. Like I'm back on camera. It's been like six or seven years. I haven't been hosting anything. I've been trying to run this dream job. It feels so good. Like I'm like a kid again and I love it. That's amazing. What does that mean? I, go ahead, Ben. I was, I was just, does, does that mean that introspection leads ultimately to focus to harness your passions? I mean, I think the more you can be in tune with your mind, body, and soul, the better things are going to work out. And I think most people aren't in tune. But I, I think I think, get out of tune. Well, and I also think that, I mean, another common thread is that I think that travel and being exposed and being immersed in other places and other cultures and, you know, struggling with other things, it, you know, really does give you a lot of perspective. And we talked about this on Jeff's episode, too, you know, d different types of people that you know, end up in smaller communities and they're very isolated from having experiences outside of their own towns or their own groups of people. And it seems like travel has been just a really important thing over the course of your entire life, you know, even regardless of career. Yeah, I mean, I would say travel's pretty much like defined me. It's like at the end of the day, it's that that's like, you know, I've been, I mean, you know, I think Bert and I, at one point we went down to the Dominican Republic, like a, a few years ago, first time, like just taking a trip for not working. And like, we just circumnavigated the thing. I'm just like, let's just him and I go for somewhere. Cause most of the 99.9% .9 of the time I'm in a location filming. Right. And mm -hmm. even, even though amazing that is, it's been a while, maybe a few surf trips here and there that I actually don't travel all that much for myself. And I'm, I'm trying to get back there. And we sat back and one night, with tequila and we were like let's go through and see and we filmed in over 68 countries together like wow. it's unbelievable yeah. right and like you know and that's just, that was just two kids with like an idea that's a hundred percent de agave yeah and so yeah it's a, like yeah travel travel for sure is like defined and and i think it's like you know the, the more you see the more you realize you haven't seen anything Right. Yeah. And, uh, and the more it humbles you, it's like, you know, for anyone here, it's like, we, we really are blessed to be in this country, right? Like the, the, the keys that we are allowed, whether you're rich or poor or the middle, whatever it is, like the keys that we are allowed compared to billions of people on this planet earth is ridiculous. Right. And, 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 you know, we've done stories with around the world for free of like going to Dadaab in, you know, the largest refugee camp in Somalia, go to Haiti, like seeing places that is like, you know, we, we are extremely blessed. Each one of us are not worrying Where about can people go and watch that by the way. So like not so oh, around the world for free season. You know, it's funny. I was talking to Jolt the other day. He's trying to turn cause but just so the audience knows around the world for free season one got turned into television because Burton and I still owned it and controlled that. Right. Then CBS came in and bought the franchise that we stayed on to. So this season two and season three only stayed as a digital series. Right. Fun fact, Bert and I got the rights back to around the world for free about three or four years ago, right? From CBS. So we own it. We'll bring it back at some point in time. Is this kind of like when, like when Michael Jackson died and Paul McCartney got the rights back to the Beatles songs? Yeah, well, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, uh, definitely a little battle back and forth before we finally got him to just turn so wait, it back So wait, Pitcher over. can finally make his like television debut for real? <laughs>
Because you, sh- he's on, he's on that season with Jeff Schroeder. Oh, so he, yeah, so 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 he needs what, to be on TV, not okay, me. So I'm being selfless. Yeah, so here's what's happening, and I feel really bad, Joel. Sorry, brother, that I'm saying this, but j- j- we had already always planned to take Jeff's season and make it as like one long doc. Because I think Around the World for Free would be really fun to watch, like that, mm-hmm. like a movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let me sit down sure. for like 90 minutes and let's take it all. And so I'm talking to Jolt the other day and we're doing a couple projects together. And Jolt's like, Alex, I just want you to know that like I found the time and I'm, I and I have the energy right now. I'm like, I'm going to get, I got to get Jeff's season done. So we're having this. This is like within the last week. We were talking <laughs> about Joel. this. Please He's tell him I say hello. And I, I will. Him. I will. And so he was telling me this. And then, and then I was saying, I'm like, are we doing like, you still thinking like kind of like movie length? And he was like, he goes, no, I don't. I think, I think this has got to be a series. He's like, when you go into it, it's like you start pulling the pieces out, you lose the magic. You got to tell the whole story because it's such a linear story. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it will turn out to be, but it's being cut now my gut is it's going to be like six hours or like you know five or six hours um and so we'll get that on and i think you know we soon as soon as we get two done i'm sure we'll move over to three so i feel like the mini series yeah the mini series is such a uh like modern it's it's like seems to be the way right now to digest a lot of content like that's yeah. that's like how the, the netflix you know seasons release and you watch it in a weekend type of yeah. thing is very Binge common and purge, right now and, 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 and i think like long form for around the world for free it's a perfect time to bring it up because these yeah. streaming networks when you're not constrained to a bumping in and bumping out yep oh you got to be 22 minutes for a half hour 44 minutes for an hour you got all these like things variables that like actually affect the storyline so now it's like this is the best and Joel's like one of the best editors on the planet and letting him like do tell the story i don't care about how long it is right yeah. we don't have to sit back who cares if it's 60 minutes or if it's 28 minutes it doesn't matter tell the best story possible so my gut is when this comes out it's going to be way better than season one because we're all it was cut for yeah. old school television well, it's, fun, you know? it's funny yeah. you say that because i feel like a lot of the people like i like one of my friends the other day was saying that he didn't want to even see something that was only one season because he's like well how is my wife and i supposed to like binge it beyond like what, what we have to fucking wait or blah, blah 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 but now like you know in the covid world like my fiance is a nurse you know what I mean? like we haven't been traveling we've been socially distancing congratulations by the way for me or her <laughs> uh, condolences to her yeah That's i was gonna good. say she's doing god's work dude and i'm down here fucking making metal um but uh i, I i'm in a covid world dude where i you know on a friday night like i, I was saying uh to, to my fiance like dude like are we are we just gonna sit and watch this show and then we worked out a little bit you know what i mean because like we felt like pieces of shit so like we work out together a lot but like but we watch television and we binge through like shit and if there's not like three or four seasons like where i would normally never have time or do anything like that and like look I- i've been working a lot on music and i encourage people like don't just waste your time sitting and binging through television <laughs> but like there is certainly like where people you need 22 minutes and they, they watched it live like the whole game has been changed do you, do you yeah totally do you want to know my mindset during this covid like literally legitimately because i saw in the first couple of weeks i was just like i was like i was like smoking a little too much pot drinking a little too much and i could see myself going down this like i was I had nothing to do i just wrapped eco challenge i was like surfing and i was like i'm not going down like this and i just don't want to go down i don't know how long this is gonna last it was fun for like a week and that's when i was like you know what i'm not drinking like I'm, I'm not gonna. I don't want anything. And I, and I, I had talked about a mantra. I was like, I am gonna create a little castle while everyone else is sleeping. And so like, I am gonna create like. A, and so like, I built three shows in the middle of COVID. And I'm convinced because like half the players 
90% of the players are just sitting around waiting for the whole thing to be done. You know, I, I'm proud of what I built up during COVID. And it's funny, like my little sister who makes movies and like we, she says it now too. It's like, let's build the kingdom while everyone else is sleeping. You know, it's, it's a great time to be out there hustling because there's a lot of people that are just like, oh, well, nothing's happening. BS. There's plenty of stuff happening. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's so much about mindset. You're right. I mean, you can easily fall down the rabbit hole of just, yeah, darkness easily yeah. when there's a lot not going on. Yeah, totally. Can I tell you another funny thing I've been trying to pick up during COVID, but I've been failing miserably that you guys could massively help me. I've been trying to learn guitar. I'm oh, trying. Awesome. I'm trying to me learn. Me too. Do Skype lessons, man. So let me know. I, I will. I'm trying to learn um, <laughs> "Pirate at 40, the yeah. Jack Johnson version of it. Yep. You know, so yeah. that's my first song I'm trying to do. And like, I because I love that song. That song is like my life. Oh, I yeah. love that song. And so I'm, I know uh, the Jimmy Buffett song. Anyway, I've been can trying I, to. Although like I don't, it. I don't support you having anything else on your dog. Like it, it, that just makes you makes me feel worse about myself. You're like, yeah, I'm no, wait, I'm just working on these shows. I figure I pick up guitar too. Can we give him good advice first, though? Hold on, one second. One second. When you're trying to go surf, right? Do you go to Hawaii when they have like 11 foot, 15 foot waves to start out and go, bro, just go out there and take this thing and just go for it. Do you do that or do you build the capacities? <laughs> no, yeah, you're all right. It's you're so right. Do you so on, if you go mind. below the water with James Cameron to the fucking Titanic, right? And you're like going, do you just go or do you figure out how to run the fucking thing for like a long time, right? Yeah. So if you're going to learn Jack Johnson, do you think he sold that many million records by just being a Joe Schmo? You got to learn rhythm. You got to learn other things that are a lot more boring. And then well, maybe you, you, you could get to that fun point. I say, say just go for it. Goals. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Like you're ta- like a buddy of mine picked it up and got like really good in like like a probably a couple year or two, and so he got. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you can play guitar. This is unbelievable. Because like nothing would make me happier than like I am like sailing on my sailboat and I'm playing my guitar. Like legitimately, <laughs> like that is like what I want for the rest of my life. And so I'm like, I gotta start getting. Is this, this like guitar. a meme for zero fucks given? What's that? <laughs> No, you sitting on a sailboat playing guitar. I can just picture you without your shirt on, just chilling on this beautiful you have sailboat. You to be able to visualize Ben's zero mind to understand given. anything he's saying. Oh, that's an air of the boat. Yeah. yeah. That was funny. All zero. right. Yes. Yeah. And, and if we're tr- tuning to vibrations, I have a question for Siobhan. What if he's at 440, I'm at 441, and Corey's at 442? Are we what? dissonant? Uh, yeah, it's just a little pitchy. I, what? Our vibrations <laughs> are not matching, right? They're not synergistic, even if we are harmonically correct. There's something a little wrong, right? On that yeah. note of disaster. <laughs> <laughs> no fucks given. The boat's fine. He's he's playing the guitar. There's yes. the, It's just sun, no that's, wind, and she's just chilling. That's my retirement plan. That's my safety net. I want that. Yeah. I want that life, man. Totally. <laughs> no, but but thank you, Alex. We're coming up at the end of our second hour. That was amazing. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on. It's good to see you guys. Nice to uh, meet you. Know, incredible so, stories. So I'm gonna go, you guys are really fun. I've been uh, just you guys. Know, I've been doing a lot. Of, I've been. I think I got, there's a lot of podcasts out there. I've been doing a lot of podcasts. Oh, uh, you guys do a good one. Like you guys oh, should thank you. I'm gonna like chime in. You guys are a great team. Like I've been doing a lot and like this is fun. Like you guys have a good I mean that was two hours, it's a long time and you guys like Well yeah, we kinda con people. We're like, yeah, you guys, so say, you first guys hour, like- then take a thirty second break <laughs> and like and we're talking to Steve Stevens or something like that, who sold like, you know, a good hundred million records of something stupid. They're like, Okay. 
And I made Ernie Bach, who's a billionaire, a billionaire, wait, like maybe this is 16 your minutes. Story. Well, no, but just because, like, it. when you think about time being money, this He's guy really makes $33 to that million dollars a month. I made him wait 16 whole minutes for Windows to reinstall <laughs> on my computer before I finally just got on my phone. Great well, story. I, Great you guys, story. Yeah. You, well, you guys, you guys have a good. I'm going to definitely. I'm going to start listening. It reminds me of like you know because it takes a while sometimes and like podcasts. Sure, are, I'm, yeah. I'm into podcasts that are long now, right? Yeah. And because I think it takes a while to like like to get to the good stuff. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So absolutely, Alex. Well, Alex, what, what can people check out right now? That, yeah. that, that right, two, there's two shows right now both on amazon prime one epic villas first episode just dropped oh, yeah. um which is putin uh in putamita it's pretty sick and then the new one that's like we didn't talk about it but it's super cool i designed it because my niece um my i'm gonna tell the story just because i'm really proud of it my niece was a senior in high school she couldn't she my she didn't have the finances to fly all around the country look at schools then covid hit so like how hard was it last year for seniors and yeah, she's like sure. she's like yeah i have no place to go find out like to learn about colleges and you go online it's like everything's different there's commercials there's you general content so i created a, ser a series called the college tour we just dropped uh fort lewis college florida tech we're about to drop arizona state university all on amazon prime there will probably Dude, be you're like the definition we'll of probably be doing we'll probably be doing 50 episodes no, no, because this year you're yeah. like, awesome. Awesome. Amazing. Have a need. that's such a good people, idea you're, you're no, like, that's yeah. incredible but you say people have a need and then like you're like i'm going to go right now solve that in real time and go through it with them so that we can figure this out together and i think that that's unbelievable because you're not only creating like content like there's a lot of fluffery yeah i call i call it like infotainment because it's entertaining but at the end of the day it's like information right absolutely and so it's kind of like my new term and it's, it's how i'm like wanting to do our, our these shows and when you watch at the end it'll be like inspired by isabel palnazic that's my niece you know so See, we're the oh, opposite of that we're not informational or entertaining so we should have <laughs> <Or you're laughs> uh, about. <laughs> uh, thank you so much man uh 2020 2020-d.com like and subscribe as i'm told we're supposed to say good job Corey. <laughs> and, and ben, i know you have something to say yeah, to no, i was just gonna say thank you so much like I, i've known this guy I, I, is it i think jeff told me it was nine years or something ridiculous um that can't I've, you keep track of how long you've known people you need someone else to keep track for well, you. well i'm just saying it's that's like uh, there's a lot of times i've been to california or somewhere that he's been or he's been to back to boston we've been in a movie together we didn't even talk about so you're gonna have to come oh, back on and yeah. talk oh, about yeah. it because like we have all this stuff but like i just want to say thank you for your friendship thank you for always being a mentor thank you for your real-time feedback as always and i hope that you'll host this to your page and all your social media oh, so that you can help exploit this for us absolutely i'll, I'll pimp it out because we're oh, Poor Thank artist so and not rich horse. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate your time. It was awesome. Thank yeah, you. this is really fun. This is really fun. Thank you, as always, for checking out this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-d.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. This week's throwback clip is from episode number 10 with marketing guru Jason Lechberg. Check it out. I think the, the first thing that you have to have is you have to have an understanding of what your brand is. What is your brand? Because you can't market anything, you can't post on social media, you can't have any kind of a consistent, you know, marketing strategy whatsoever if you don't know what your brand is. You know, what does it look like? Let's, you know, Coca-Cola has a brand guide that tells you the Pantone numbers of the color that you can use when you're talking about Coca-Cola. They have a thing that shows how far every other word has to be from the Coca-Cola logo if it's being placed or printed anywhere. Like. Get that granular.
This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.